0: You are listening to The Loom, a podcast series featuring folktales, myths, legends, and lore from all around the world. My name is Genevieve, and I am delighted to be your host. This podcast series is brought to you courtesy of my patrons on Patreon, without whom its existence would not be possible. If you would like to explore extended materials, have a look at any of my other projects, and in doing so, support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash songs for dark times and consider becoming a patron. Likewise, if you enjoy this series, please consider subscribing, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a quick rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice to help others find it. Now, I have a story to tell you, so won't you stay and listen a while? It was told to me thus, and I believe it is true, and so, just so, will I tell it to you. Once upon a time, as they say, there was a small village, a quaint little town, and like any good town worth its salt, as they say, at its center there stood the shop of a baker, and like any good baker worth his salt, as they say, he made the finest breads and pastries, sweets and dainties, such that any wandering stranger who came within a league of that village was certain to stop whatever they were doing, wherever they might be headed, and turn right around to follow their nose to the center of town. Now, it should also be noted that our gentleman Baker had two of the loveliest daughters in town. Twins they were, born two minutes apart and but two minutes before their poor mother departed. This left our Baker quite broken-hearted, but perhaps that is why he became so open-handed. Now twins, they may have been in her belly, and twins they certainly were in name, but no two spirits or earthly bodies were ever so vastly different as they. Where one was beguiling in face and in figure, the other was beloved for the kindness in her heart. Now winter had come quite early one year, and stayed over long like a much-expected but unwelcomed guest. And so the sun rolled round to the first days of March when the flowers should have been peeking through the ground, and the animals awaking from their dark winter sleeps. But the month of March is a wayward thing, and as the days dragged on long and cold, the weary townsfolk saw not a single sign of spring. Still the winter raged on, for days and days, till one March morning the snows and the wind had grown so utterly fierce, not a single villager was seen in the streets. And though he had awoken as usual in the dark light of morning, and lit the hearth fires in the oven, and kneaded the dough in preparation for a full day of baking, by sunrise, or what should have been sunrise, the baker knew not one soul or shoe would grace his doorstep that day. Still, he kept the oven fires burning hot for warmth, and perhaps for hope but by the early evening bell he had retired to his bed without having baked a single loaf of bread. Now the kinder sister, watching her father with worry, had come down to douse the lights and turn the sign round and sweep up for the night, and as she did without a word, the faintest knocking could be heard at the door. The young girl paused then hurried over and lifted the latch and opened it wide, and there, in the cold on the other side, stood a woman, so old, so frail and small, just shaking and shivering with the cold. "'Oh,' said the girl, "'you must come inside. Come sit here by the fire and warm yourself a while, for she was every bit her father's daughter.' "'Please,' said the old woman." I wonder if I might have just the smallest bite of bread or anything you have not sold this day. I am ashamed, you see, though, for I I cannot pay. Oh, said the girl, we have no bread. We have not baked today, she said. Still, if you have the patience to wait here a while. And come and warm yourself by the fire. It will not take long to bake you something up fine. My father and sister are both retired, but I too can bake. So, the young girl led the old woman inside, and with that she disappeared to find some of the dough which had risen unused all that day. And then she pulled off a bit to make a fine small loaf, though not too small. Just big enough for traveling, she hoped. Meanwhile, the old woman took her seat by the fire, and in no time was fast asleep. When the young girl peeked in, she brought a blanket and draped it round the old woman's shoulders to keep her warm. Then she went back to stand by the heat of the oven, where the bread was baking. But a strange thing she saw had happened, for the dough, which she had just put inside, had already risen. In fact, it had tripled in size. What's more, it filled the kitchen with such a sumptuous scent that, though she had eaten already that evening, the young girl's mouth began to water. Gently, she took out the bread, though it really should not have been done yet, and the loaf glowed golden, perfect and round. What a strange thing, she thought. Perhaps something has gone awry, I, I think maybe I should give it another try. So she left the first loaf there on the rack to cool and took a bit more of the unused dough and shaped a new loaf and then placed that into the oven. In the meantime, though they themselves were down to the last of their food, she found a clean rag, just big enough for wrapping a few bits and bobs in, and laid it out on the table. Then she placed in the center a small half-rind of cheese, two late winter apples, and the end of their summer sausage. She found a small bottle of beer and placed that inside as well, to help ease the cold, she thought. Then she tied everything up, all neatly in a knot, and peeked in at the hearth where the old woman lay fast asleep, gently snoring. It was then the girl noticed the smell, and oh... What a heavenly smell. If the first loaf had made her mouth water, the smell of this one made her body quake with hunger. What's more, it had only been a few short minutes since she had put this new loaf into the oven. But when she looked inside, what she saw made her gasp. For where one small loaf had been neatly placed, now there were two As perfect and golden and round as the sun and what's more than all that, they were so very large, they were beginning to crowd the oven. The girl took them out in a rush, not even minding the heat on her hands. She placed them on the rack and looked down at the bread. Then she looked at the room and then at the little cloth she had filled with food, confusion on her face. I I must have been muddled or half asleep, she said to herself, and made two loaves when I should have made one instead. She looked back at the oven, shaking her head. Worried once again there might be something wrong with these two strange loaves which had baked so very fast, she set about one last time to make a loaf for the old woman. However, this time, at the very last minute as she was shaping the dough, She thought to put in just a bit of spice and the last of their currants, and then on top she added a light dusting of sugar to give the old woman a touch of sweetness. And, she thought, if the other loaves are fine, then I can give her two, one of each kind. So she finished and quickly placed it into the oven, and then peeking in at the old woman who was still sleeping soundly, she sat herself down in a chair by the fire to wait for a while. Some time later, she opened her eyes and saw with surprise the old woman was awake and staring at her. The girl jumped up. Oh no, she cried. Oh no, the bread! For she had not meant to fall asleep. But when she stepped into the kitchen, the smell that greeted her made her think she would lose her mind with hunger. And when she looked into the oven, far from ruined, she found not one, not two, But three perfect loaves, so large they were filling the oven near to bursting. What's more than all that, each loaf was different one from the other. The first was sweet and spiced with cinnamon and nutmeg and orange, and one was twisted and swirled with chocolate and brandied figs and walnuts, and the last was savory with onions and garlic and fresh rosemary. The girl gasped, for now she knew some strange magic was there. When she turned, the old woman was standing nearby and the baker's daughter stepped back in surprise. But The old woman just smiled sweetly and said, Oh goodness, is this all for me? The baker's daughter slowly nodded her head. She pulled from the oven the three new loaves of bread, and pointing to the sack on the table, she said, and this as well, grandmother, to help keep you warm and fed. Oh, my heart, said the old woman, you are too kind, my dear, and I do not wish to slight your generosity, but I fear I cannot carry all of these things. You see, "'But I will take one plain loaf in that sack. "'Not two, not three. "'The rest of these,' she said with a smile, "'I do hope will feed your family and friends for a while.'" The girl wrapped the still warm loaf, choosing the largest on the rack, and placed it into the little sack. Walking the old woman to the door, she handed it to her and said, "'Are you sure there's nothing more I can do for you, Grandmother?' Remember, said the old woman with a smile. And with that, she stepped outside. And it was then the baker's daughter noticed the wind had died down, and though it was evening, the last rays of winter sun shone bright across the sleepy town. The girl turned then to where the old woman had stood, but no one, not even a footprint, was there to be found. She closed and locked the door once more, shivering, and she suddenly felt so tired she thought she could not stand another moment. I'll just sit by the fire, she thought, and there she fell fast asleep. When she opened her eyes again, her father was standing there with a look of worry on his face. He knelt and asked if she was all right, asked, had she slept there all this night, I must have done, she said. And then, with her memory slowly returning, she rose and walked to where the oven stood. Everything was clean and neat and empty. The fire was cold. No loaves stood where she had left them the night before. I had the strangest dream, she said. Father, today... "'May I help you bake bread?' "'Her father smiled, "'though he was still quite worried for his daughter "'who seemed not altogether herself. "'But they set to work to bake the day's bread, "'and they found that as the days went on, "'any loaves she touched came out more sweet, "'more full and perfect, "'and what's more, she was able to create "'such strange and delicious things,' that had the people of the town loved her before, now they fell over themselves with love, at least for the creations she made with her hands. Some said she was touched by witchcraft, others that she had been touched by God, but they all ate the bread just the same. And in truth, it was merely her skill and the love she poured into each and every bite. Well, the spring came at last that winter's day, The warm sun shone brightly, and with it each day the baker's kind daughter grew lovelier and lovelier. Now let us not forget the baker's other daughter. As I have said before, she was beautiful, painfully beautiful, achingly beautiful So beautiful, in fact, that many who were not altogether kind had whispered since her infancy that she could not have been her father's daughter, but never so loud that the baker might hear. But her beauty, I am sad to say, ran only skin deep. And as she saw her sister grow brighter and brighter, she was filled with bitterness and jealousy. And as she saw their family prosper from the fine bread and sweet treats her sister and her father made, far from gladness in her heart, she was filled with fear that it would all be taken away. And so it happened, as summer rolled into autumn, that late one autumn night, after the fields had been cleared and the grain brought in, and the chill cold of the next approaching winter left tiny ribbons of frost on the leaves and the stream bed that ran near the edge of the town, the baker's other, disdainful daughter, sat near the hearth, her mind heavy with loneliness and bitterness and worry. The rest of the town had gone out to the harvest festival, her sister with a trail of would-be suitors behind, while well, suitors she had, in plenty to be sure, But she paid them all no mind, for they only lusted after her, like one lusts after a fine loaf of bread, to be devoured and so discarded. And so she had returned home early to sit alone by the fire. The night grew dark, and the stars shone cold, and from outside the door came a tap-tap-tap. The girl just ignored it, and wrapped herself tighter in the blanket she wore. But a moment later, the knock grew stronger. She walked straight over to the door and wrenched it open wide to chastise whomever dared to knock on the other side. But there she saw a thin old woman, frail and small. Hello, my dear. I have traveled all day and I am fairly starving. Earlier in the year, I was given a bit of charity here. Might you have anything now to spare for me? (laughs) Who are you to ask such a thing? The rest of the town have gone down to the field to celebrate the harvest in the end of the year. Go bother them if you want charity. We have nothing for you here. She began to close the heavy wooden door, but just before the latch had shut, The old woman shot out her hands, pleading. Please, please, she said. I must journey all this night. I have no wish for festivals and firelight. Whatever you can spare, a morsel or a crumb, surely your family has prospered this year. And who do you think you are to speak to me as though you know everything? anything of my family. But the girl's heart was not completely cold, just heavy with loneliness and fear, and seeing the old woman's clothes were little more than rags at last, she said, "'Very well. My sister and my father are not here, and I am no baker. You will not get much from me, but stand here and wait, and I will try to find you some bread.' But the cupboards and trays were all but bare, for the day's offerings had been taken down to the fields to share with the town and the festivities. But the baker's daughter found a small bit of dough that had been saved for the morning. She pulled off a piece, no bigger than her fist, and then divided that in half again. This will do for her, she thought, and placed it in the oven, which she found to her surprise was still burning quite hot. But no sooner had she turned away. Then a rich, warm smell began to fill the room, and she saw a round loaf was sitting there in the oven, growing steadily in size. Puzzled, she pulled it from the oven and laid it on the rack. How strange, she thought. My sister or my father must have forgotten this inside. How stupid of them to waste good food. But when she looked back in the oven, no small ball of dough did she see. Pity, she thought, it must have fallen in and been burned away. Though if I'm honest, she didn't believe it herself. Well, this is too fine for her. So she walked back to the bowl and pulled another small bit of dough. To say a handful would not be true, for the piece she pulled was possibly smaller than her smallest finger. But she shaped that round too and placed it in the oven. No sooner had she set it down and turned her back Then such a sweet, delicious smell of baking bread filled the room and filled her with a kind of hunger she had never known in her life. She turned back, and to her surprise, the loaf had already tripled in size. And though she knew something strange was happening, she found she could not help herself but to grab the loaf from the oven and though her hands burned and her tongue blistered with the heat, she ripped and tore at the loaf, and in a moment discovered she had devoured the entire thing. When she realized what she had done with surprise, she felt ashamed, but more than that she was frightened. Quickly she strode from the kitchen, thinking the old woman had played some strange trick upon her, but the old woman had not moved a finger, and still stood there by the door, waiting exactly where the baker's daughter had left her, for the girl had not so much as offered the old woman a chair. The baker's frightened daughter stared at the old woman. We have nothing, she said at last. How strange, said the old woman. I could have sworn I smelled baking bread. The loaf I made fell into the fire, and it will take ages to make a new one. "'What a pity,' said the old woman. "'But it's no bother. "'I can wait as long as it takes you, my dear.' "'The baker's daughter was about to say something rather nasty in return, "'but the old woman cut her off. "'It's the least I can do to wait "'when you are going to all this trouble to offer me such kindness.' "'Now the baker's daughter was no fool, "'and she knew when she was being slighted. "'She returned to the kitchen.' but instead of dough, she looked into the pail of rubbish and unused scraps from the week. There she saw a half-eaten crust of some week-old stale bread. Yes, this will do for her, she said. But when she brought it to the door, the old woman said, Oh dear, that bread is far too hard for my old teeth, you see. Would it be too much to ask for you to at least warm it up for me? Fine, I will soften it for you, she spat, but you remember all the kindness I show you here. She turned back to the kitchen with the crust of bread in hand. Dipping it in a pail of water, she placed it into the oven, but she gasped. As she saw, a brand new loaf began to grow and grow and grow, and not just one, but two and three and more and more until they came spilling from the oven's mouth the room filled with the scents of quince and lemon, of cherries and cinnamon and spice, almond and pecan and rhubarb and apple. With every sweet or savory thing she saw, too, there were pastries and tarts. Oh! she exclaimed in surprise. Ah, is that for me, my dear? The girl turned to see the old woman standing there, not two feet away. Now some might think that in this situation they would behave much differently, that upon seeing these gifts pouring forth from the oven they would know they stood in the presence of magic. But you see, the mind plays tricks and so often tries to logic away that which it cannot understand, and a heart that already lies too heavy has trouble seeing clearly when magic is at hand. And so, the baker's unkind but beautiful daughter, in shock or in fear, not wanting herself to believe, fairly screamed at the old woman, Who are you to ask of me any more than what I would give you with charity? Or at least that is what she tried to say. But she found her throat felt strange, her mouth twisted and her back began to ache and her body to change. And all that escaped from her lips, I'm afraid, was the very first and only sound that she made. Who? 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 Yes, who, my dear. Three times, child, you have demanded of me just who I am, well, now you will see. And with that, the old woman's rags fell away. And with a wave of her mighty hand, the door blew open wide, and the windows shook and rattled as the harsh winds of winter came pouring inside. The baker's daughter shrieked, and found she was no longer standing on the ground, but her arms had become two great wings covered in feathers and stranger things. Who, who are you? The girl tried to say. As you have shown me such kindness, I shall also bestow it unto you. Now you shall wander the world alone, hunting and begging for your food. And no stranger will show you kindness, nor remember your name. No home nor hearth-fire shall you find, and I'm afraid there is only you yourself to blame." The baker's daughter shrieked and raised her talons for to strike, but in a flash the woman was gone, and the baker's lonely, bitter daughter flew off into the night. Now when her father and sister returned that night, they found the door ajar, and a string of strange feathers and the first drifts of snow lay scattered across the floor, and the young girl turned to her father to say, where is my sister? But found, she could not recall the girl's name. Her father, I'm afraid, only said, who? And by the next morning, all memories of her had faded clean away. Now some say, after seven long years of paying such a heavy price, the baker's frightened and hungry daughter changed back into a maid. But so unused to human company and kindness... She simply slipped away. Others say that she was cursed forever, and even unto this day, when you walk at night through the woods alone, you can hear an owl cry, and that owl is a baker's daughter searching for an old woman to take her curse away. But a small handful of good people believe, and I perhaps strongest of all, that the following spring, a bush of rosemary sprang up right outside the baker's door, and the baker's daughter, now his only daughter, was reminded of her sister once more. And with the word, remember, ringing in her ears, she baked a special loaf that day, and every day hence for years and years, and she would leave that loaf on the back doorstep, And perhaps it was taken by thieves or by neighbors, or perhaps the dogs of the town came to feast, but what I can tell you for certain is this. By the very next morning, every morning, the loaf was always gone. And every night, a lone snow-white owl kept watch as the kind-hearted baker's daughter and her father fell safely fast asleep. been listening to the loom thank you so much for tuning in if you enjoyed today's episode please consider sharing it with your friends or leaving a quick rating and review so that other people can find it and don't forget to subscribe so you're notified when the next episode comes out in today's episode you heard the songs farewell by sergey quadrado freezing and in the sun by crow wander and dan 33 by junior 85 all used courtesy of the thefreemusicarchive.org. Our theme song is Granens Bastu" by the group Varelsa. If you would like early access to these episodes or you want to explore extended materials and any of my other projects and support the podcast by doing so, head over to patreon.com slash songs for dark times. Once again, my name is Genevieve. Thanks for tuning in.